Echo. 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 But it was very loud. So Josh, hey, this is Echo Boys. I'm Pete. This is Josh. Welcome. I'm Josh. It's Pete over there. So Josh, uh, you you're the one that initiates all of these episodes. You start the recording, etc. And you really don't know when we're going to start because you send it, and then sometimes I start immediately. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I've ever done that. But no, it just kind of is random, like, when's he going to start it? When's he going to start the episode? Do you have any... Is there a follow-up to that observation? Obviously not. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, I don't... The app we use, um, <clears throat> I initiate nope. it on my phone, which is why I sound like I sound, and then Pete records from his computer. Because the... Purportedly, if you record initiate recording from the computer you're limited like the amount of time you can only record half as long though we've gone past the amount of time it claimed we could record on the phone in the past and it wasn't an issue anyway so i initiate the recording and then i just am sitting on my phone listening to elevator music until pete joins the session at which point the record starts and if pete chimes in goes hey pete here really loudly that's more like which I do. Hi, it's Pete here. And then hey, Josh is like, Hold on, it's me, Josh. Oh. Wow, that was a weird coordinate flip. My dog hated that voice. <laughs> well, <laughs> if your dog was threatened by the voice, um, she'd be barking. So, Oh, she was not threatened, just annoyed. And you know what? I'm sure you, the listener, can relate to that. So... <laughs> Um, this week we are, um, gonna, there's really any news to cover. I haven't seen any news. Um, I'm sure there is. I read Darth Vader book. Oh, um, for those people that plan ahead, we don't. Um, I did see people were exclaiming and very happy about getting their hotel um, reservations for Star Wars Celebration. Yeah, we don't come from that kind of money. Well, we do. It's just oh, it's right. not it's not the best time to buy. Now, some people might say, but they're going to run out. And yeah, it's definitely a seller's market in terms of hotel reservations right now. And you never run out of a good time as long as with your you're with your best buddy. And you plan a month in advance, maybe even a week in advance. Yep, which is how Herbert and I usually do it. And the hits just keep coming, Josh. <laughs> like, you know what's happening to me, and you just are like, what's oh, he, oh, he, oh, he's down. Oh, brother. Like, let's get him. All right, brother. Look, I'm yeah. You know what? Cloud nine. All right. I'm. I'm. Oh, cloud nine. That's great. Let's let's hear some positivity from Josh. Yeah, I got robin nests in my backyard. I'm freaking thrilled. I'm I'm losing it. You can you can imagine? You never seen a happier boy in your all your days. Little robin's nest got three little eggs in it. Robin just sits there hanging out. I go. So you're a birder now. You're a birder. 
you're you're a, bi- like you're a big they're, old birder now. They're like dinosaurs of today. Hmm. Like I okay. got T-Rex's great 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 little buddy right here in my backyard in this little nest. And then it's on the <laughs> fence and I open and close the fence. I go very careful. I go, oh, excuse me. Excuse me, little bird. I'm going to open the, the gate to the fence now. Excuse me, little bird. I'm going to open it real slow. Don't slam the gate, anybody. Don't slam the gate. Hmm. So anyway, I guess my whole deal is what's Robin's like as a gift and what can I get them? What oh, what like? can you what what can you get a Robin? Probably worms. Dirt. Us, Poboys Podcast at gmail.com. Yeah. Apple. I don't know. It seems a little big. I gotta tell you. What can I put in my hand? Not to not I to get sit. my not to get my mother doxxed, but she's a bird. She works for a bird conservatory. Yeah. That's her whole thing. Not like is... blue collar birds like I like. She you know, fancy birds. Um yeah, sure. <laughs> blue collar birds. Yeah, like birds rock. of the earth. You know, the ones yeah. that are actually there that get the worm. These are like the like real um, Springsteenian birds. Not these birds yeah. that are spoon fed jelly. And then, like the birds your mom like are all like, oh, yo, yo, ma, so gauche. Like, oh. Yo, yo, ma is so gauche. I wouldn't know. The... I'm just down here in the streets of fire, you know. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I've I've been to your place. It's like a war zone. Of, yeah, the of, war uh, of work. Yeah, the war. <laughs> Stop! <laughs> you beat me to it. <laughs> it's not fun. Just a couple of Mussolini fans. No. All right. Let's. What? No, I don't know what that's from. Please stop. Do not. Do not. I only know the phrase "the war of work" because of the episode of The Office where Dwight wins an award and he has to give oh, a right. speech, and so Jim <laughs> pranks him. By giving him a speech for, by Benito Mussolini to deliver, and he d- gives the speech very passionately. And the the line I remember from that speech is "the war of work." The war of work. Well, let's get into. So, so... I just got this Robin though, and I do want to. We had these cardinals, and it was so nice. It really made me so happy. And they were always in my backyard, and they're flying around. They're very sweet. And there's two of them, and they had two little babies. And I'm like, oh my dog, better not eat these babies. And then we had like a storm. And then the little baby birds died. My dog did not kill them. I don't know how they died. Maybe exposure. I don't know. They're just dead. And then the cardinals, I don't know where the lady cardinal went. The boy cardinal was there. He sang a very sad, very sad song. And I'm learning the minor blues scale on piano right now. And even playing that regularly, this this was particularly sad, this song he was singing. And then they left. So no birds in the backyard, really. This week... I'm opening the gate. I'm taking out the trash. And this big bird flies. I'm like, oh, my God. And there's a little robin back here. He's got three little legs. And I'm trying to think, like, what do I do to make this guy stay, you know, real good? Come back next year. Hang out all year, maybe. Don't even, you know, you can come in the house. You can come migrate. So if you know anything about what to give this little robin, is it an apple? Melurun. That's Star Wars. We're talking about Star Wars, you know. I don't know. Wasp worms, deep cut. Email me if you know that one. Don't Wikipedia it. And let me end this little segment with a quote. And this is a quote that a, um, a former, recently graduated student of mine put in their valedictorian speech Bro. from Rose Fitzgerald Kennedy. Birds sing after a storm. 
why shouldn't people feel as free to delight in whatever sunlight remains to them? So, Josh, and that's whatever this Chris weird Pratt thing is Robin. going on with your Robins, you live your Isn't your joy. Weird? All right. So here's what we're doing right this now. week. Here's what we're doing this week. Um, the title like, of this episode of um, Bad Batch, we're covering season one, episode six um, of Bad Batch, Decommissioned. And let's just get out of the way right now. I think we really lit the Star Wars podcasting world on fire last week when we really spoke truth to power and took Star Wars a task for, hey, if you're going to name this episode something, baby, it better be that thing in that episode or you're a liar. And what was last week? Rampage. And we kind of went back and forth. Is this Rampage? Is this not? In this episode, it's called Decommissioned. Mm-hmm. I gotta say, hey, they were listening to us last week, because this week, I can't argue with that. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, we, we put pen to paper last week, being like, let's edit some of these things. Some things don't look right. There's some discrepancies. But uh, I gotta hand and it I, to them. Yeah. Yeah, things are decommissioned in this episode, yeah. and I do think there's a model for our podcast in the future where this is the podcast, and we just do talk about like, okay, what's this title, and then let's decide is this this title or not or no, and, and no, then we take bets on yeah. how much passive voice is in the text. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, the batch, big, big passive voice guys over here. Mm-hmm. So with that, um, this episode we're we're covering that, but we're gonna do a little segment before that called um po boys decommissioned mm-hmm. now longtime listeners as you know echo boys which is what we're at um on right now is a subsidiary of po boys llc mm-hmm. um po boys llc is One the umbrella corporation and then under that we have um tono boys llc we have mm-hmm. echo boys llc we have just mm-hmm. pedro boys llc pedro boys llc and we also have Book various theater. ventures outside of podcasting. Um, we have the Po Boys Fight for Your Life 5K. 10K. Oh, right. <laughs> I, I've never made it to the 10K part of it. Um, so This year, that's 2021, 10K now. Um, so, this, so this week, we are going to be covering um, some projects that we've had that we've had to decommission yeah and think of it you know there's a few ways to think of it i mean in light of this episode it is sort of like you know uh, some stuff yeah it has to be it has to be put out to to pasture you know you think of a a long-running television show uh like a like a cheers or something like that uh and characters come and go you know and the the cast of po boys is very much our various subsidiaries and they have their day some of them come on board and they don't quite fit in and they're you know immediately decommissioned others go on to bigger things and they leave the cast and so these are just you know these are stuff for a variety of reasons um some more positive than others these are things that uh were a part of the cast of po boys subsidiaries and and have since um left left the big tent that is po boys llc yeah and the the entrepreneurs out there um which hey um entrepreneur pete here um they'll know that when you get to that award-winning that money-making idea a lot of times it's you know the seventh one or maybe even the 10th or 20th one we hit homers a lot oh yeah 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 
But this episode, we're going to be talking about some projects that we ended up having to um, decommission due to a variety of different reasons. So mm-hmm. these are ones that, listen, if you want to reach out to us and try to you know, take it to the next level, feel free to do that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're going to share some of our wisdom as swoswool um, guys, swoswool boys. Business in the mind. Um, so I, I'll start us off, Josh, of just some projects that we've decommissioned mm-hmm. um, over the years. So the first one, and as longtime listeners know, we have a really good relationship with Lucasfilm, really good relationship with Disney. And there was, um, we, we have connections to a variety of productions. Um, we famously got to see Galaxy's Edge before everybody else. And we're able to give you, the fans, an inside look on what goes into um, Galaxy's Edge. You know, we talked about how... And after Jabba Hutt's palace. And um, no, 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 it was Dagobah. Dagobah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And, and you know, we have some suggestions, but and was we had there's we tried to suggest having character paths, and one was young Annie, where um you know a big part of young Annie Anakin Skywalker in episode one is um, complaining about sand. I hate sand; it gets everywhere. I hate it. And one. We thought people, and this is mainly me, so I'll stop there and Josh in. The, the, an, the young Anakin package, where you're at Galaxy's Edge, you get some blue milk. There would be somebody, you'd have a pass to show that you're you know, part of the Anakin pass, and then an employee at Galaxy's Edge would throw sand in your, in your meal. Or throw, you know, just blow some sand, or at some point say, you know, or and just kind of get you in the mind. And um, I'll be the first to admit, you should not throw sand in potential customers' drinks and or um, face. And that's why that idea had to get decommissioned. Yeah, yeah, it's not ideal. It's not ideal. It's not ideal. I mean, some people were very passionate about it, I will say. Um, but it's, yeah, it, it, it wasn't ideal. It wasn't ideal. Um, I think when I think of decommissioned, let me see, gosh, I mean, we've been at it so long that it's, you know, somebody in the, in the hallway would be like, Oh, Mr. Josh, sir, do you, I, you know, I came on when I came on, this was going on and I, my internship was, you know, working on this and I'll be like, what the heck that I totally forgot that that was a thing. Cause so often, you know, so one of our, uh, up and coming employees will have an idea and, you know, in, in the interest of, of being mentors, you know, we always like to try and you know, like at least at least one new idea a month we like to take on, right? But there's not necessarily a guarantee that that one, like there can be a whole month of just bad ideas and we still want to foster our young talent and that can put us in awkward um, positions. I think the, the worst one, and we probably just should have not done an idea that month, but I would say the worst one was probably Poe Men, uh, <laughs> which was a, a, a kind of... Um, a men's appreciation um, podcast where we highlighted the men of star Wars and uh, really let them have a spotlight. 
and we kind of tried that out um and it was very bad and, and very dumb and listen we're big enough to admit when we do something wrong but there's also times where ideas that were good and I'll defend to this day are still good mm-hmm. got ended up being, being decommissioned. So for example, this podcast launched in what? 2018, I believe. It seems uh, it seems so long. I think 1976. All right. Um July 19th, 1976. Um with that being the case, um we in the earlier days of our podcast covered Star Wars Resistance. We are originally a Star Wars Resistance podcast. Mm -hmm. And one thing we did, we did a a classic episode. We did a deep dive on Team Aces, which is (laughs) a squadron from Star Wars Resistance. And back then, you know, that episode in hindsight doesn't make any sense because Star Wars Resistance was basically about Kazuto Ziono and then a little bit about other people here and there. (laughs) But it had nothing to do with the aces that Kaz is so desperately to get into. One idea that Josh and I, and we went to the bat and got decommissioned, was we wanted a Freya episode on like, why does Freya have that accent? Are there other people that are that look like her from a different planet? An episode on Griff, Griff Halloran, who's a former TIE fighter. What's that all about? An episode about Toradoza that's not related to her Horrible, horrible pet. You know, Bo Keevil. What's up with Bo Keevil? And we pushed and we pushed and pushed. Let's get some episodes about the Aces. Let's push the Aces more. And it just wasn't to be. And I'm not saying that I didn't I didn't love having a ton of Kaz. I, I do, for sure. But we got pushed back and we never really got Aces fleshed out like the show, like we wanted with the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think another idea that comes to mind for me that was decommissioned, and I guess I didn't really have as much of a part in this, um, so I, I'm I'm okay that it was decommissioned. Some things need to go. Uh, was was Pete's short-lived spinoff podcast, Watto Boy, which was just um, Pete's impression of Watto. Watto. <laughs> oh, oh, good. Pretty good, right? That was not. Um, what the? Yeah, I think it was pretty good. Um, still, still searching for a market for that for sure. Um, Yeah, I got decommissioned really quick. Thank God. Didn't expect you to do a voice for it, so that was a rare treat. Yeah, and then another one, which is a failed Josh um venture, was the Quadranero Boys. where Josh tried to find and we're talking about the niche of niche markets of like wanting to know the backstory of Ben Quadraneros and listeners you might be thinking who is Ben Quadraneros and my point is exactly who um, who Ben Quadraneros is some listeners do um, there's no there's literally no reason you should he's synonymous he's a he's a fine character he's but he is not he does not carry a podcast he's ubiquitous like watto and watto boys ubiquitous and speaking of a character carrying a podcast i think we're in a weird time with podcasts where they sort of are becoming like every time i think oh podcasts are mainstream they take another step 
towards being even more mainstream. Like now it's a bunch of like celebrities that are not podcasters doing podcasts on like the side. Like people mm-hmm. who have perfectly fine careers are like, oh, I can do this dumb old podcasting thing. Um, and I would argue they're almost never as good as the ride or die podcasters who have been at it for a long time, but MBD, MBD. Oh, for sure. Um, and with that in mind, there's also like, now there's a lot of like serialized like fiction podcasts, I feel like, where they're trying to like emulate prestige television almost. Like a few years ago, they did like a Wolverine podcast, like a radio well, drama type thing. And HBO's so- known for this the most is they're now... I don't know the last time you watched an HBO Max show, Josh, but they have a little blurb like, listen to our podcast for the show. And they're trying to push people out of the market of like being a really big fan of that show and starting a podcast, which is very bizarre. Yeah. And so going into the whole like, I guess, radio drama type element of podcasting, Lucasfilm had approached us about entering the audio sitcom arena under the banner of disney plus um like audio podcast type of deal and it was called plo boys plows 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 boys sorry and it was it was you know pete and i were were signed on to play the boys and it was the two of us and then the premise was that uh plo coon was like our dad and he owned like an auto shop and Pete and I were like the sons that didn't want to take over the auto shop. And we had our own talents, but we were not very good at um, checking oil and things like this. And we did record a few episodes of that. And I mean, you know, Plo is a great guy and we, we had an okay time. He does. I mean, you look at the guy and when I tell you, imagine how he smells and you, you know, you've got an idea of what it was like recording it. Him and I have a bad gag reflex. Um, if I eat too much food, I cough too much. And it made my performance, it affected my performance a little bit. And it just didn't, it, it ultimately did not feel organic or earned. It did not feel like it fit into the Star Wars universe, primarily because it was an auto shop that worked on um, human cars in um, northeastern Minnesota, uh, which, is, which was strange. Um, Very informative, we- though. Yeah, I mean, I think we learned a lot and we got to flex some important performance muscles that we don't always get to ordinarily. If Pete and I are brought onto a project, we're the leads and we were sort of, you know, um, tied for second on the call sheet. Um, And that one, I mean, I say decommissioned. I mean, that one never even, it never even saw the light of day. I don't even know that they finished editing those episodes together. But right, rightfully decommissioned. I value the experience. I will I will always be happy to hang out with Plo over Zoom where I don't have to smell him. Um, but rightfully, rightfully decommissioned for sure. And here's our here's our last decommissioned project, and then Thank we're gonna God. get into the episode um of Bad Batch, season one, episode six, um, decommissioned. You might wonder, and you know, people have made comments, we make comments about the quality of our social media that we don't post a lot um our interactions aren't that great and the reason for that is we were trying to be early adopters and bet big on the new myspace and as you all know myspace collapsed again and so did a lot of our investments into it 
So we're just kind of wary of jumping into that next big thing. A lot of people are like, where's your TikTok? Where's your TikTok? And the reason is new MySpace is the reason that we're not big into TikTok. Um, Josh, you want to add anything to that? Or um, do you want to just jump into the, this uh, episode oh. of Bad Batch? So I don't get it. What was decommissioned? Oh, we decommissioned our social media presence. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 That's why our social media presence is so bad. Yeah, that's why. It's not yeah, bad. That's that's it's, why uh, it's a strategy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is well, it's it's um it's a deep scar that's still healing from us going all in and having to decommission our social media presence on new MySpace. All right. Yeah, but it's a strategy so, and you're wrong, mm-hmm. we're very cool, we know what we're doing. Can't argue there. Mm-hmm. So this episode, um decommissioned, is Josh, you kind of called it for sure, of like the bad batch turning into a Sid is our kind of boss and is directing us in every which way. And we're kind of just like, well, I thought they'd be gone. I, I oh, really, I, th- I called it as something I had thought, but then the end of the last episode, I did not think we would be returning to the same planet mm-hmm. with, I did not think we'd be seeing Sid again yet. I figured we would at some point. Yeah. I did, I did not expect them to be taking another mission from her so quickly. So I guess she yeah. already has them under her thumb. Yeah, so um, in this episode, um, she, without asking them, is like, you got a mission. Mm-hmm. All right? Um, you're going after this, um, I want to say intelligence droid, but that doesn't sound right. Tactical droid. Tactical droid, yep. Tactical droid, which um, was kind of like the stand-in villain for a lot of Clone Wars episodes because yep. they just didn't have named humanoid characters and you can't have Dooku and Ventress and um yeah the big guns can only lose so often. Yeah. And um you know the the good guys can't lose that often. So it's a little it was it was a fill in villain a lot of times. Um villain villain. Villain villain. And so Sid, who I'm really enjoying. I'm 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 liking Sid a lot. Um sends him on a mission that they don't want to go on, but mm-hmm. they begrudgingly agree to go on. Yeah. And this is, of course, though, the, the first thing we get is Omega shooting her new bow. <laughs> At the bar with um, a Weequane and a Thorian. I know an Thorian's one of them. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I, I mean, I don't know, getting into the weeds and a little geeky here. I don't know why, but I was particularly impressed with the animation for that with her like arms kind of quaking a little bit and struggling to hold um, the, the, I don't know, laser string back or whatever, but well, I take a step, take a step cool. back though, Josh. Um, because I, I didn't notice that quality of the animation to that point. I agree with you that the animation on the show is on point. And my first thought of that was, when we get the drop down to Sid's bar, mm-hmm. you see that on the bridge, there's like a homeless person that's kind of like yeah, turning a little bit. That was a nice touch. And I was thinking about Rebels, where they literally just showed the same person like three times in a bar. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like a bunch or, of very similar uh, assets, I guess, or like just the same exact character model, but like different colors. Mm-hmm. So they're definitely flexing their muscles a little bit of like, those are kind of little nuances. Um, I 
Well, that's so important mm-hmm. to Star Wars as well. I mean, it has so much of Star Wars movies and stuff is just little background and foreground things that, you know, in any other movie would just sort of be set dressing. But in, in Star Wars, they tend to grab your animation so much. I mean, just think of all the background crap going on, you know, at the most Eisley Cantina or like in Force Awakens. Well, the first time we watched it, one of the things I was like, oh, yeah, we're good. We're good to go. Is like BB-8 rolling across the desert at night and that weird little snake thing pops its head out from the sand with its glowing red eyes. And it's just a detail. It's just like a foreground mm-hmm. detail. Just like that, you know, that character that's sleeping on that raft or whatever. But, it, yeah, it, it really fleshes out the world. And just the characters that you find out were there the whole time. That they make cart, they they make um, action figures of. Yeah, like it was so detailed in episode seven. There was Constable Zuvio, who oh, was like, boy, "Zuvio boys, how did we not talk about Zuvio boys in our decommissioned segment?" Look, it hurt. We it hurts too much. Had it on the highest authority that Zuvio was going to be the next Chewbacca. We had the we cosplay. Bankrolled. We bankrolled microphones live studio audience this was going to be a video series zuvio boys it's fine whatever i whatever anyway we had an episode where we did a deep dive on what a constable is yeah because we're like the listeners need to know about what a constable is um egg on our face so um i agree i enjoyed that whole like bar scene and, and I did take JJ outside out the back and I gave him this work for that. One. And where we're getting closer to the like, is it a ATAT or at at? And is it is it Omega or is it Omega? Um, is something that we get into a, a few times during this episode. Um, that being said, they get sent to Corellia, um, right? Which is very very cool. Right. Corellia, yep. Um, and Solo. Yeah, and we've seen. We've seen it, I think, just, just that one time. I mean, we know Wedge and Han are from Corellia. Yeah. Um, I, I, part of me was like, did it pop up in Clone Wars or something at some point? But I don't think it did. I think Solo is the first time we saw it. I mean, maybe in a video game or something it might have popped up, but I don't think it. I don't think you actually go to Corellia in Clone Wars or anything. My, my only vivid memory of Corellia is... Um, in Star Wars Squadrons, the 64 game, mm-hmm. um, there's like two or three missions that are there. Mm-hmm. Um, but also that video game and how Solo wants you to portray it um, are completely disconnected um, because Corellia is seen as like this very drab. There's like indentured servitude to the point of slavery. Mm-hmm. on it but it's supposed to also at s- certain points be seen as like an industrial planet where like it's not like that um and you never really get wedge's perspective of why oh, did you wedge... get wedge's perspective on his home planet and nintendo 64 game that's weird oh no no i was just i was expanding on what we've seen from Corellia right. just writ large um but we get a really cool scene of a cargo ship. I really enjoy it. I really like that cargo ship and them attaching themselves to it to get past the scanners. Oh, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I like that little I like that little line um for sure. Mm-hmm. And then it's just a classic infiltration. Um they are, you know, at a conveyor belt that looks a lot like 
um, a less horrifying take of the Geonosis uh, manufacturing line. Oh yeah, the Geonosis Tough Mudder. Yeah. Um, and you see that they are um, burning, um, not even for scraps. They're just burning, um, just droids yeah, left and right. Down. But I mean, I guess you melt them down and can turn that into ore or something for imperial projects. Yeah, that's true. Um, because it is, it is that planet is known as a shipyard. Yeah. Um, yeah. The... Right. Yeah. Good point. Good mm-hmm. connection. Yep. That doesn't make sense because we see them in Solo. They're building star destroyers in Cor- on Corellia. I think you see them being so. Remember that? I know. I I distinctly okay, remember sure. the scene where Han is on the Millennium Falcon for the first time and is like, my dad, before he got laid off. Right, right. used to build these things, even though mm. you've never seen another Corellian freighter, which is fine. You know, it's a massive galaxy, so there's no reason that you need to see the same ship um, more than once. Very um, true. So, so we, as soon yeah, as I ahead. said Corellia, I was like, okay, so something, there's going to be some connection here. And my first thought was that we would see Lady Proxima, right? That big worm thing that's Han Solo's boss, his babysitter or whoever. And some Let's skip scene. ahead. Let's skip ahead. Sid, in the last scene, is talking to somebody, right? No, no, no. That's it. The Martez that, that's sisters. it. The Mar- Martez sisters yeah. are talking to somebody. Is it Proxima? It's probably Ahsoka, but it's definitely not Proxima. Proxima is a big worm. Yeah, but on a hologram, a holocron, hologram, holocron. Oh my gosh, we are great podcasting. Um, but anyway, so that's that was your, the connection that you thought was gonna, was going to be there. Yeah, well, yeah, and I just I I figured there'd be some connection, and I'm thinking back now because I, I was trying to remember back in all the past episodes, and it is like I'm pretty sure one for one now, like, unlike Rebels, which was very much not a sequel to Clone Wars, like, continued certain threads, but it was not about following up the Clone Wars. Uh, this very much is, and I'm pretty sure every episode so far has tied back to an episode of Clone Wars. Um, be it Sagarera and his partisans tying back to that season five arc on Onderon or the Tigerian slavers or very obviously in, in the pilot, you know, Bad Batch in general and that training room that we see with the clone cadets. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, even so it's, the Fennec episode has, um, you know, ties to Clone Wars. Yeah, with the Pantorans and stuff. So I guess, it, yeah, that one might have the loosest ties i guess but and, and cut laquace you know clone wars character um so i think i'm realizing now like a corellia you know that's that's a buzzword for star wars fans but also i think i'm realizing now like oh yeah this show has very much set it up where every episode ties back to something because i mean there were plenty of episodes of rebels or resistance that is just like you know, i mean there's nothing going on here that ties it like hugely to the larger Star Wars universe, which is fine, obviously. I mean, you know, there's a lot of cool original stuff comes in that way. Um, but every episode, I think, of Bad Batch so far has tied back to something else, largely Clone Wars. But that's a re- that's a really good point because I had messaged you during our 
you know, pre-week uh, text that we should do a segment at the very end of what is the connection or um, tie-in from some part of Star Wars? Like, are they going to do anything new um, that's just like Bad Batch specifically? And I, I hadn't thought about that each each one is a Clone Wars tie-in. Um, that's definitely an interesting take. Yeah, and I mean, there's obviously, you know, I, I suspect that like, crosshairs new unit that he's working with will probably continue to appear and so like that's a new element like there are definitely and that rampart guy was that his name i don't know tarkin's little crony that'll be shaking his fist and oh he has he has to get demolished yeah yeah and sid is obviously a new character i mean there's there's definitely new stuff but it is it is i think pretty liberally um touching back on on other elements of the Star Wars universe. And quite frankly, when I say pretty liberally, that's in comparison to past Star Wars shows, which have, I think, pretty conservatively touched back on other stuff. I think for a long time, Star Wars television, Star Wars animation was was pretty beholden to let's make sure like we have our own house in order and like mm-hmm. let's make people care about these characters that are organic to the show. So that the show can stand on its own two feet and and be strong, you know, in its own right. So that we're not using, you know, if we're bringing Chewbacca in the Clone Wars, it shouldn't be a crutch. We shouldn't need to bring stuff in. And I, you know, every every week to to prove ourselves, right? The show should be its own thing and be strong enough in its own right. And but I think also just like Star Wars animation has been going strong for you know, over 10 years now, I think they've proven themselves enough that now nobody's contesting that like, oh, that's just a parade of cameos. It's not actually a good show. It's just nostalgia. They just, you know, it's just, they just parade nostalgia in front of you. But I mean, at this point, yeah, Clone Wars, Rebels, these, you know, these shows have proven themselves enough that I don't think anyone can, can accuse them of that. And so I think maybe they are, they're more free and and comfortable doing that because it doesn't feel like a cheap trick. Yeah, and I mean, we want as fans to see it, right? Like, oh, for sure. Have, having Lando in Star Wars Rebels was a delight. Yeah, genuinely was mm-hmm. great. That some some primo comedy in that episode, Idiots Array, season one. That was that was a real good one. That was a real good one. Yeah, and so I I I I think that's a great take of. We well, it should be. We're a great podcast. I think I think we are. Let's let's look at our reviews. Mm-hmm. Oh, this one says now that's what I call podcasting. Oh. No, sorry, it's it's a living. That's that's the review. Um <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that was from me. Um oh, I also I think you misread it. I I wrote it's not a living. <clears throat> Tell that to my portfolio. Um so we have our tie-in um, for this week, which is we see the Martez sisters. Um, they right. also have the same job. They're going after the tactical droid. We don't know why they're doing it. Um, I don't remember us really talking about the Martez sisters. Well, we did a whole episode. on. I mean, we did episodes on that whole arc. I think it was a four-episode arc in season seven of, of Clone Wars. So we did Tano Boys covered, um, covered those episodes. But yeah, because mm-hmm. that's what I was going to ask you is, 
you know, did Corellia in your mind, were you thinking, oh, we're going to meet someone here? Or this is, did you, did you have anything in your head? Like, oh, maybe we'll see this. Cause the Martez sisters were, were not on my mind. I mean, even when, when they showed up in their like firefighter kind of looking suits, um, I, I figured, oh, it's okay. It's somebody we don't know. Like it's going to be other smugglers or something. I didn't, I didn't think that they would be characters we knew. Did you have any theories or were you anticipating? No. Anyone? Well, the, the episode moved pretty quickly um, yeah. to get to that point. I mm-hmm. was more excited and thinking, wow, this is going to give me an excuse to watch solo. And yeah. <laughs> are they nailing what we see of Corellia in solo and kind of what is this adding on to it low-key i think solo is like i don't know it might be the most rewatchable star wars movie like it's very i don't know i find myself like oh, i should watch solo again like it's just the right amount of like it's enjoyable but and i mean this in the in the best way it's not like emotional heavy lifting or something or i don't know I don't know. It's just You mean not all of the characters are gonna die once you get a connection to them? Very true. Like I Rogue One is so freaking good. But it's like I'm gonna I don't know. I don't I'm gonna be like, that's what I'm doing. Like Rogue, I don't know. I don't know. There's something about solo that it's it's just the right the right kind of vibe that I it's like an easy listening Star Wars movie or something. It's just easy to watch. It's easy to watch. I enjoy watching it. I mean I haven't watched it in a long time, but several times since La- this time last year, probably or close to it, when my my uh, girlfriend and I rewatched all the Star Wars movies. Since then, it's consistently Solo that I find myself wanting to rewatch for some reason. Yeah, I haven't. I haven't. Um, I thought about Solo um, earlier this week because um, it th- it was the weird Star Wars movie that came out like Memorial Day weekend. And I distinctly remember I watched it in D.C. at a Regal Cinema, like right by the Wizards Arena, and the AC was failing hard. Um, and I had already seen it in um, the other city that I live in, and just the people I was with like fell asleep during it, mm. and I was so mad. But it was like also like functionally. It was like the warmest theater I've ever been into. It was like a it was like a sauna. Rank your top as three you were watching warmest it. theaters you ever been in. Give me your top um, three. Okay, um, so that's that's the top one, that's and the then one. the other ones are outdoor movie theaters in the summer. Mm. Ooh wee. Okay, so this we see time, the Martez. I got it mm-hmm. set up, and we were able to like set up a nine by twelve screen with a projector at the swimming pool, and we watched Jaws in the swimming pool. Mm, very cool. I would think um, not to like have you go off into like a home design project, but your your backyards um, has has some potential of uh, turning into an outdoor kind of viewing. Not only it has enough room, I think, because you need some clearance between the. I mean, granted, now it might be different, but you you need some clearance between the projector and the screen. I don't know that I have Mm -hmm. enough room for projector, screen, audience. I would just also, be worried about like the locusts. I don't like imposing on the silence. I'm not big on mm-hmm. making the general public have to listen to me. That's what my podcast is for. <laughs> listen to me. These hooligans. Look, I'm listening to my music. It's at a reasonable volume, and my windows are rolled up. 
Poe Boys, a podcast you must listen to. Like, I get it. The whole neighborhood doesn't need to listen to Meshuggah. I'm not going to make them. I mean, they should, but I'm not going to make them. So the fact that we've kind of been dancing around the introduction of the Martez sisters kind of speaks to the impact. That, um, I have no animosity towards them. Um, I was just like, oh, OK, like normally the Martez sisters screw things up. So I'm like, what are they going to screw up? Because normally they only showed up one time. No, there's the four episode arc right. where like Ahsoka had to save them, I think, every episode because they screwed up. I I appreciate the Martez sisters in that. I think one of my I mean, look, I'm coming around to the prequels, but I do think my go to hot take for what the prequels are missing so far as a John Q, Jane Q public is concerned is that there was no real like every person in those movies. Like there's no like citizen you know whereas in 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 the original trilogy whether i mean hustle was a smuggler so that's not necessarily like not everybody's a smuggler but Mm -hmm. he had that real world attitude of like i don't believe in this mumbo jumbo this is all nonsense i ain't in it for your revolution sister you know that kind of character and the prequels in that era we don't really get that you know and even the you know the jedi we even we get as a majority of the cast like, they're not even acting like they should be acting. But I, I digress. The main thing is I, I don't think you get, like, a, a citizen's view of that era very often. And I think the Martez sisters provide that in a, in a pretty compelling way. And so to see, you know, we're, we're seeing how soldiers are dealing with this transition, with the war ending. And then now, you know, the Martez sisters gives us a perspective of, like, yeah, what's what's the citizen on the fringes who might otherwise be overlooked? Well, what does this it's mean to them. Well, it's also it seems like they're positioning us to see, um, and you know, I guess we're speaking about solo a lot, and um, Emphis Nest is, um, we are oh, getting to see early rebels, mm-hmm. which will be interesting because you mentioned. I mean, look. Everybody's thinking it probably. I mean, quite frankly, I'm not thinking it because it's the first thing I thought. But I mean, that figure at the end of the episode clearly had like a coat, a, a, a cloak or a cape or something on. And I'm sure everyone's like, oh, Fulcrum, Fulcrum, Ahsoka. But then in that Ahsoka book, which granted has already sort of been muddied by season seven of Clone Wars, I feel like in that book she hadn't joined up in any kind of rebellion. No, just because she's working with the Martessas, it doesn't mean it's the rebellion. So I don't know. I don't know. Who who are we thinking that who are we thinking that cloak is? Right. And we don't know We didn't even get a voice. No, 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 no. Alright, let's look at the timeline of this episode, right? So um they kind of pretty immediately find Sid. So they've been they haven't been jumping around that much. Mm-hmm. But between their Moochie Mochi um, episode in this one has a lot of time elapsed because the Ahsoka book, which is like she's in hiding and then she gets fleshed out, I'm forced out. During that whole timeline, Vader has presumably started up the Inquisitors. Right. The and Inquisitors the have first... been established. Mm-hmm. 
So it's way too early for the Inquisitors to be established. Right. But, um, um, I don't know. So, I don't think, it just yeah, there's, there's, there's a little bit of tension. Though. Yeah, I would agree. Like for her to be on her feet and to like, because I imagine Ahsoka's probably like, I have no idea what's going on and it's very hard for me to find out. Though, I mean, I guess if she just puts her lightsabers away, nobody would necessarily know she's a Jedi. But yeah, could I could be Bail. too early. It could be. That'd be kind of boring. I don't know. Um, who, like, I don't know who I want it to be. I don't really have any. I mean, I did not expect. I did not expect that stinger at the end. It definitely caught me, caught me by surprise. I don't know. I don't. I don't really have anyone off the top of my head that I'm thinking like, oh, maybe it's that. Oh, wait. Well, hmm. well, could be. You know, you got your your, your Quinlan Voss. Or somebody, but it doesn't have to be a Jedi either. I don't know. No, who's um? Wow, we're doing a bunch of solo takes today. Who is the um villain in Solo that Dragon um? Boss. Yeah, could be him. That would be weird. Um, it would just be like the Martez sisters have gotten caught up with the wrong. Well, no, because they they are very distinctly we're giving this to the rebellion. I mean, they could this be is... lying. I guess. There's there's a chance they could be lying, but her, Trace no. Yeah, um, yeah, she is she is like too good of a character. Mm -hmm. Um, her sister 100 percent could have easily done that. Right. But the frontliner of the Clone Wars episode gone with a trace. Um, oh, she would boy. not do that. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, it was you know, is like there's. They're definitely setting up stuff that I'm like, oh, mysteries. I'm very curious. You know, I don't really know what's going on with crosshairs, how that's all going to plan out. And well, the out. crosshair stuff is going to plan out with the climax of what they're doing with Wrecker. Right, like... which is what I wanted to get to because mm -hmm. I think a lot of times every week I mention some new subversive thing I feel that they're doing where they set you up for one thing and then they're like, just kidding. It's not that obvious. And yeah, a few weeks back, I think it was episode three, where they crash on that moon and they're landing and Rex hits his head or Wrecker Wrecker hits his head. And then we are like, Oh, it's going to be his chip. But then it was like, no, I just hit my head. And we thought that that was a, a good take, but there've been repeatedly since then, like, Oh, my head's going around. And you know, this week you got him doing that whole good soldiers follow orders thing, mm -hmm. um, which pretty heavily implies that that's what's going on. So that will obviously uh, come to a head there. I will. I mean, and I'm not like disappointed that that ended up, being the thing i think it it paves the way for crossbones crosshair crosshairs crossbones marble right uh redemption maybe because if you see you know we we have established now you know oh wrecker made omega like a little bedroom and stuff like wrecker's a good guy and if this chip turns wrecker then you know you can imply that oh well you know crosshairs you know he's a fine guy but this this chip now my interesting thing is that i thought the good soldiers follow orders thing was maybe just crosshairs whole whole deal but now you have wrecker also saying that which is like not order 66 like all the other clones are like execute order 66 though i guess they don't actually say that but this i don't know this none of the clones in the order 66 sequence in any medium we've seen it are saying good soldiers follow orders. This seems to be unique to these batch fellas. 
or is it a different trigger they're hitting with these guys? I I, I honestly don't remember because the episode that I'm trying to think of distinctly is the one in the lost episodes where the clone kills one mm-hmm. of those two twins mm-hmm. and they definitely say something. Um, I just, yeah. I, I don't remember um, what that something is. And I know fives definitely doesn't fives is the one I think that ends up, you know, trying to run away and let people know about the chips. I mm-hmm. believe. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't know. Um, and maybe just continuity of like, you know, when it, them wanting the audience to know this is similar, the same thing as what's happening to crosshairs. Cause it's also like what, cause he's not being given an order, which I mean, he's also not doing anything, but it's like, yeah, I don't know. I'll, I'll be, I'll be very curious the logistics of it. And like, what is specifically happening to, to Wrecker? Cause it doesn't seem like order 66 necessarily. Well, he got Order 66. Maybe that's just like the the load screen for the inhibitor chip. Or maybe it's one of the... And it says, okay, good good soldiers follow orders. And it's like the relaxing music on the the Nintendo Switch when you turn it on. I think of it more as like you have this faulty wiring for a power power charger. And like you hit it once and it starts charging in. And then you hit it Mm -hmm. off and it gets... Place mm-hmm. and that's kind yeah, of like that's kind of like Wrecker. Mm-hmm. I feel for him. It'll be. I think he would. He's the he's the saddest of the Batchers you could pick to go through this because he is such a little sweetie. And he's the one that's kind of shown probably past Hunter his emotional connection to Amiga. Yeah. Uh, so it, he's going to take it the hardest. And it'll probably be something along the lines of like going after and killing her or capturing her or something. Um, so it's definitely yeah. setting up for a sad moment that's going to be occurring. Yeah, though I will say, and honestly, maybe I'm just saying this to steal myself because I, when I imagine the scene in my mind, it's very heartbreaking. But Omega seemed to be pretty like quantitative and scientific about what was going on with crosshairs. Like, she didn't seem, I mean, granted, she doesn't know Crosshairs. Crosshairs did not make her a cool bedroom. But, you know, in that first episode, she's like, you know, he can't help it, right? Like, this is what's going on. Like, I know what's going on. You know, one plus one equals mm-hmm. two is what's going on with your friend. And so I'll, I'll be curious. But obviously, again, like, she doesn't know Crosshairs. Like, she knows, you know, Wrecker, and they, they've established a rapport. I don't know. Yeah, they I mean, have a communicator. Less- Less than it's it's time for that segment again, Pete, where I remind you how many episodes are in the season. We're less than halfway through the season, so plenty of runway for this to to play out. Oh, for sure. Though I do think now that they've like had him say good soldiers follow orders, I'd like to think that we're gonna get some movement on that story arc pretty quick. Well Oh um, yeah. Yeah. An episode where they're going to go to a planet that is decommissioned or like um, scrapyard yeah, for, old, for old for old clone worships. Decommissioned too. Decommissioned, decommissioned back at the commish. Um decommissioned yeah. possible. So we're we still have a little bit of footage um that's left from that trailer, but we're pretty much 
to the end of it of like we don't know what the season finale is going to look like um, oh yeah for sure. no idea i mean you know not even halfway there so although we'll probably get a mid-season trailer i would imagine isn't that a thing i would think so though did we don't did we with mandalorian granted mandalorian no. they they seem pretty like look we don't need to market this you're gonna come watch mandalorian so i don't know i think they're not this either you know they're not saying what, what the episode type that's true so well let's so i let's let's end with this what is going to be the tie-in from next week i think it's fairly obvious based on what we've seen from um previous episodes yeah it's going to be dex oh thank god all right i i think it's gonna be rex which means Mm -hmm. that i have a a much better chance of being correct than you Uh, oh dex would be fun i think you, you mean dex I think yeah. you meant to say Dex. Um, yeah, I, I meant to say Dex. All right, I'm looking at this trailer now. I see some of the stuff you're talking about with that that kind of scrapyard planet. But yeah, all this other stuff is looking... Maybe some Tarkin stuff. I had. No, I think I've seen that. There's there's like one part of the Tarkin stuff that hasn't been seen yet. Okay. Um, of like the clones are in like their full Stormtrooper... Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Okay. And then there's a star fight here. I don't. Oh, wow. Yep. There he is. Wow. Mm-hmm. Right there in the trailer. Oh, and we haven't seen this yet with the ATTEs. Yeah. So there's still. There's that, I would say, based on the visuals for this footage, I'm not recognizing some like two episodes worth of stuff, which probably checks out, honestly. This is probably the first eight episodes worth of stuff. Mm hmm. Yeah, for sure. Exciting stuff, for, for sure. I mean, I'm looking forward to the stuff that is still not been shown. Yeah. 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 I will I will say we have a, a quick little minute here left. I do still think my favorite episode of the show is the first episode. I'm wondering what your thoughts are. Oh, 100%. Yeah. yeah. And I've, I mean, I've liked all the episodes since then. I think I had a particular fondness for the third episode where they crash on that moon and it cross cut between them and, and uh, crosshairs. I thought that was an excellent episode. But that first episode really just and I think so much of it was that I just I mean, we've talked about before. I wasn't expecting to be that passionate about this show. Mm-hmm. That first episode, whew, they really knocked it out of the park. Yeah, I am. Um, and it's it's hard because you can't have the same. And, like they they went through their like immediately after order 66 mm-hmm. you know jedi are getting wiped down and they're having a food fight yeah. um you yeah. can't get that level of of passion and kind of like oh uh, what's happening what's happening yeah i mean there are only um, about, like two or three things that go throughout the star wars galaxy so yeah so like maybe the next episode is when the death uh, was it was Vader and then starts screaming about Padme. We don't. Could be. Yeah. So with that, um, we will see you all next week for episode seven. Episode seven. Decommission impossible two. later. Bye.